Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Next on the OHIO podcast, we review Ohio State's confusing win in Evanston, Illinois over the Wildcats. And we answer the question of whether this changes our confidence level heading into the remainder of the season and going up against that team up north. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? I'm proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from a victorious North Central Ohio. A beautiful day today. Not quite as windy as it was yesterday, nor is it quite as windy as it was in the Windy City yesterday. Chris, how's it going? Oh, it's not too bad, Eric. I'll tell you, it's uh, like you said, a whole lot better than it was yesterday because, man, I was chasing shirts and jerseys all over the place yesterday. <laughs> I bet so with doing that sidewalk sale, man. I bet you were I bet you got uh, burned a lot of calories. Aaron, was it windy in Texas or was it just another typical day in the Lone Star State? It's just another day, man. Uh, we've been getting a little bit of rain, which we've needed because, well, it just doesn't rain here in the summertime from about March through September. So uh, the grass is enjoying it, but uh, yeah, no wind. It's been pretty nice though. All right, guys. It was obviously a windy day yesterday in uh, uh, Chicago, Evanston, Illinois, and we're going to talk all about that. And for some of you who are listening to this, I hope you didn't take the over on that thing. (laughs) Goodness. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Chris. Oh, yeah. I should have checked the weather. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, guys, the NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offerings at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. 
Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Speaking of parlays, Chris, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props and point totals. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code OHIOPODCAST. That's all one word, O-H-I-O podcast. And place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code Ohio Podcast. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for more details. All right, guys, let's dive right into this. Chris, I'll let you go first. Your initial reaction of yesterday's 21-7 win against a 1-7 Northwestern Wildcats football team. Not what we were looking for, obviously. Not what anybody was expecting. But then again, who's expecting the weather that we had? Yeah, so, you know, you mentioned it, Eric. I didn't get a chance to sit down and actually watch this game from start to finish yesterday. I was catching it in a little bit of chunks yesterday. Uh, and, and there's no other way to say it. I, I was, and I know we try to stay family-friendly, but I was pissed. I mean, there was no other way to put it. I was livid. That being said, I did have a chance to sit down and watch the game from start to finish this morning. So, yes, I am still a little bit disappointed. We still lack physicality and toughness, especially in the run game. Mine Williams was solid, 26 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. But, man, it felt like he was doing a lot of that on his own. Uh, we have to be able to run the ball despite the weather if we have any hope of taking down that team up north. Uh I was originally ready to hang CJ out to dry yesterday. You know, a lot of it was me catching notes and glimpses of the game. But, you know, after watching the game and seeing just how really bad those weather conditions were and seeing the fact that the receivers, I think, at times were just as responsible as CJ for some of those bad stats, I'm not going to say that, you know, he was as bad as I initially thought. What I will say is this. I think that he actually kind of stepped up in a way we've been waiting to see for a long time. You know, he did it with his feet, and he did what we needed him to do when we needed him to do it to get a tough win. Defensively, a little bit concerned. We gave up a lot of yards to a bad Northwestern offense on the ground. You know, yeah, we limited him to seven points, and, and that's great, but we surrendered 122 yards to Hall. And we knew exactly what this team was going to do when they were coming in. There was no secret about it. They haven't had a 200-yard passing game since this kid took over, uh, Sullivan took over at quarterback. You know, we know that they're going to run. And we just couldn't stop it, you know, for the most part. Uh, and, And mentioning Sullivan as well, I do have a little bit of concern about, you know, mobile quarterbacks still. Again, you know, I think we contained him for the most part. But there was a lot of times where even though we got to the backfield, he was just slipping away from us, maybe getting a yard or two or getting a pass off or even throwing it out of bounds when we should have had him in the backfield. Uh, Positives from the defense. Obviously, I thought the linebackers looked pretty solid. Uh, 
you know, Harrison and JTT were, you know, living in the backfield a little bit once again. Ransom and, and Hickman, who we hadn't seen a lot from all year, and and we have all said that's been a good thing, you know, really stepped up when we needed him to. So defensively, again, a little disappointed, but they weren't that bad overall. Given the conditions, I'm willing to give a little bit of leeway on this, but guys, I still feel like we got to get tougher. Okay, so we have to take into account this weather thing because, I mean, if you notice, we got a false start because CJ, because of CJ Stroud, it, but it wasn't his fault. The wind pushed, what, he's six foot three and 225 pounds, roughly. When the wind is strong enough to shove a man that size, uh, you know what I mean? You have to consider the winds. Uh, that's And then I saw reports that it was uh, in gusts uh, of up to 80 miles an hour. You know our bread and butter's throwing the ball. You can't throw the ball in that in those conditions, not not effectively. So I mean, I have to give credit where it's due. Uh, he did the best he could, you know. And and what Chris said is is right. He did step up in in ways that we've been waiting to see. Um, it, and by that I mean running the ball, and he did it very well. I thought, um, you know, a 44. What he had a 44 yard carry to set us up for another touchdown. Um, and he didn't run out of bounds necessarily. He went as far as he possibly could. He didn't try to avoid contact or anything. He, you know, he he took it as far as he could. So that right there, that that boosted my confidence. And Chris is also correct, man. Uh, those receivers, they dropped many passes. I bet you they dropped probably somewhere between 70 and 100 yards worth of receptions. Uh, I think Cade Stover had three or four by himself uh, that hurt us. Um but, you know, I think somebody on our fan page said, well, why can the punter, like, navigate this wind, but CJ can't? Well, a snap to the punter is low angle. Like, that's, you know what I mean? That's much lower, and it's only about somewhere between 12 and 15 yards, roughly. You know, it's not a... It's not a 15-yard pass downfield that has to go over top of defenders. So you're, you know, you're not, you're not taking into consideration the physics of this situation. But uh, that's offensively. I, I, you know, I think that we did the best we could. Uh, the offensive line has to find a mean streak. That is the bottom line here. They are just extremely soft. You know, um, I tried to not make excuses. In the last few weeks, but with Iowa and Penn State, those are two pretty legit defenses right there that I felt like did a nice job against our offense, and it would have made sense. But you're talking Northwestern here, and you can't really use the wind as an excuse running the ball. You can passing, but not running. Uh, what we saw was just soft, uh, and they, they have to develop a mean streak. They need to be way more physical because Northwestern – in the grand scheme of things, and uh, no disrespect to that team, but they're a joke. So for you to get shoved around by freaking Northwestern, man, that's that's a problem. That is a problem, and I I hope that they get into those uh, offensive linemen this week at practice and wake them up because yeah, we got Indiana, but you, you know after that you got Maryland and then that team up north. So time's kind of running out on us here to get this thing figured out in the run game. So, um. They got to get it together, man. Uh, defensively, I thought that they did the best they could as well. I thought that the linebackers did a nice job. Um, 
I think that they could have played a little more close uh, in the secondary with the with the receivers because it's it was pretty clear there weren't going to be many great passes thrown yesterday. So, you know what I mean? That's you could have played man across the board and shut a lot of that down uh, a lot. Some of that stuff didn't have to happen that did the completion wise um, and then running the ball. You know, it was clear everybody was going to be running the ball all day long. Stack the box, you know, uh, Northwestern's not great. Uh, just talent to talent. Yeah, <laughs> that was just rough, man. Overall rough day. But you know what? We needed that test. We needed that test. That's an experience factor. You learn from things, right? Well, we escaped Evanston with a victory. We got to play in some really bad weather. We learned from it. Was it a great performance? Not at all. But we won. We pulled away. We learned from it. Move forward. Survive in advance. Up next is Indiana. So I'm going to also take some of the positives here, Aaron. And I I know we're going to dive into the schematics and why I felt like the coaching staff on both sides of the football had a really, really bad day yesterday. Um, Not to mention that uh, our offensive line has some serious problems like you brought up. We're going to get into all of that here in just a minute. But let me take away the positive first. I have yet to ever see a national championship team that didn't have at least one game where they had to kind of pull it out at the end. Even though it was kind of like a head scratcher on a team you're playing. Even go go back to the 2002 national championship team. We almost got beat by Cincinnati. Remember that? Oh, yeah. If, if it was not for a Craig Krenzel, like, scamper at the end of the game, we lose that football game. Um, Holy Buckeye, anybody? Purdue? I mean, th- this happens, okay? So there's always one game where you're kind of like, wow, I didn't see that coming. We should have dominated them, and we barely won, right? Uh, Georgia's done it. I mean, they were getting beat by Missouri. They barely pulled out a game against Missouri, okay? So this happens, and then, you know, on top of that, you do have the weather. So that is the positive from this. Like you said, Aaron, we 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 got to play in some bad weather, some really bad weather, some crazy weather, right? Uh, and we, we won a game that was ugly. You have to have an ugly win somewhere on your schedule. That's just how it goes. So check those boxes off. That's the positive. So I'm going to – I'm just going to keep my, my initial reaction short and sweet, checked off a couple boxes positive boxes because when we dive into the next portions of this of this show we're going to talk about some of the negatives that you just brought up Aaron with especially with that offensive line that being said let's go ahead and go to the report card and this is where I can turn the page and start to talk about some of the negatives let's go to the offense first passing yards 76 rushing yards 207 for a total of 283 yards yesterday We had 4.6 yards per play, 13 first downs, a third down efficiency of four of 15, a fourth down efficiency of two of four. Our time of possession was only 23 minutes and 34 seconds, and we did not turn the football over. Okay, here we go. I gave them a D, and here's why I gave them a D. The offensive line is getting beat at the line of scrimmage. They are not winning one-on-one battles. Now, I understand that uh, teams are putting eight, nine guys in the box, shooting the gaps with the linebackers, especially when it's obviously a a run situation. And 
on third and short, fourth and short, and we're not getting those first downs because we are just not putting hats on guys that need to need to be blocked. And here's my issue with this. When we get down to the line of scrimmage, they will motion one of the tight ends, usually Mitch Rossi, into the backfield to be a lead blocker. If they're putting eight or nine guys in the box and you're trying to spread them out by using, you know, these formations where we're putting uh, guys on the outside as wide receivers and they're just going man to man or sometimes basically almost not even guarding the guys because they know we're going to run the football. Why in the heck would you not put one of your tight ends in the backfield for a lead blocker, especially on third and short and fourth and short, and give Mayan Williams an opportunity to have somebody make a hole for him. I do not understand that for the life of me on the offensive side of the ball. I've complained about it for two weeks, and I understand that given our offense, Aaron, that we run, that that running back you know, with the zone blocking has to shed some tacklers. He has to hit the goal, the, the holes quicker. Um, because we're trying to spread a team out with our passing attack. But when the weather is like it is, this was a total failure on Ryan Day's part and Kevin Wilson to say, we're going to run the ball. We know we have to run the ball. So let's give our running back the best opportunity to get positive yards. And I credit Mayan Williams for at least doing what he did yesterday, despite the fact he had five, six blockers at most sometimes for him going up against nine defenders. Give him credit, man. That touchdown run he had was sensational. So I don't understand for the life of me why Ryan Day didn't just say, all right, we're throwing the playbook out here and we're going to line up old school and run it down your throat. Did you got watch Notre Dame do that exact thing to Clemson last night in the wind? They didn't even try to throw the football hardly. They just said, we're just going to run the ball, try to stop it. And Clemson couldn't do it. And you know we've got the guys to do that. But I'm starting to question their toughness, Aaron. I absolutely am. And that is not a good thing to do with only two games left before the game against the team up north. My grade is D. Aaron, your letter grade for the offense. I couldn't do much better, man. I went with a... (laughs) Simply with a D plus and the plus is simply because there weren't any turnovers and we had fewer penalties or uh, yeah, fewer penalties. Um, but the toughness level, uh, I, I just it was weak, man. It was weak. I hate to talk down on my Buckeyes, but goodness gracious, man, that was uh, that was bad. And to address, you know, what you were saying, uh, you know, the zone blocking concept if you know, I, I don't think I've really talked a ton about what it is exactly, but like zone blocking in the run game is essentially where the linemen are like working together as opposed to like one lineman per person, you know, like instead of the tackle going after the end, the guard going after the tackle, um, the center going after the other tackle, you know, like an assigned person that they're supposed to go block, they're working in unison to kind of create a lane for the running back. Okay. Now that's what we usually do, but there are, that's, it's a flawed system. You know, it, it, it can work, but that's part of the whole gelling of the offensive line. uh, And it can be toughness as well. Um, And these defenses now, you know, if they're good at stunting or they're good at attacking gaps, um, like we've seen against Iowa and Penn State, you know, it's not as effective. But 
what I don't understand is like you're saying, Eric, why don't we run more of a split zone? in these instances and that's that's more of your power that's that's what you're saying is is a lead blocker and that's where your h back which is usually where they have uh mitch rossi line up and then he will lead mayan or travion through that hole um and he's he's blocking against basically the flow of like the backside defender if that makes any sense it does because they do it on the goal line aaron that first touchdown mayan williams had Mitch absolutely annihilated that linebacker. He, he, Mayan literally could have drove a Fiat through that hole because yeah. Mitch, Mitch took out that entire linebacker and moved him four yards for him. Yeah. I'm like, why don't we do that on the 50 yard line when you knew, you knew you were, they knew we were running the ball. You could not pass it. It was impossible. Why wouldn't we do it? I don't That's, care. And that's what I'm saying. It's not like you don't have those plays installed. Like we have split zone blocking schemes installed. We see it at the goal line. We saw it. I I, I mean, they, they did it against who it was at Penn State. They did it last week, I believe. And that's what sprung Travion was a 41 yards for a touchdown. Like if it's that effective, why would you not do it a little more often? Like this isn't one of those CJ Stroud save it for when you need it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Read option <laughs> plays. This is this is your offense we're talking about. This is um, gap plays. This is you know what I mean? Like getting chunk or chunk plays. I'm sorry. G- you know you got to get these chunk plays in there, and that's how you do this game. That's how you play football these days. It's chunk plays. Um, when the passing game can't run, you can't do it because it's 80 mile an hour winds and you guys are dropping passes uh, left and right. You got to run the football, and yep. you can't do that with a soft offensive line and poor play calling. Yeah. So, yeah, D plus from you, D from me. A lot of this is Ryan Day's play calling, in my opinion. Um, he's he he should take more responsibility on the fact that the running the running game is not working, and when you can't pass the ball effectively, and you're having to rely on running game. You you need to provide for your running packs a better a better solution than what you're doing right now. Chris, your offensive letter grade, buddy. Yeah, I, I couldn't do any better than what Aaron did. I went with a D plus as well. Um, again, it, they're just soft. I mean, that that's all you can say about it. And like you said, Eric, I think a lot of this has to be shouldered by the coaching staff. And you know, we always talk about what a great halftime adjustment guy ryan day is not yesterday yesterday and and he did not adjust his game at all i can't fail the offense i cannot believe that he was rattled by the weather he was rattled by the weather and i can tell you i know he was rattled by it by the by the answers he gave after the game to the media he used that weather way too much as an excuse. Woody Hayes would have been out there in short sleeves with a smile on his face. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, Eric, you think back, you know, what was our last loss? Yeah, it was in Ann Arbor when it snowed. When it was cold and snowy. We have almost become one of the things we despise the most, Eric. The way we play, I almost feel like we've become an SEC team. No, I we're think all it's about worse. the speed. We're all about the finesse. And we're, we just, we're, 
we're a Pac-12. We're a Pac. We're, we're sunshiny Pac-12 offense. Oh right uh, yeah, now. yeah. That that's probably more because yeah, the SEC at least does run the ball with Georgia and Bama. Mm-hmm. Consider where the offensive line coach came from. Pac-12. Yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it? That's a good point. But you know what, Aaron? Even going back, we've been this way for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Our offensive line has just gotten soft the last couple of years. You don't have two five stars and then two other guys who are four stars in the top 100. And Dewan Jones, by the way, who's not one of those other four guys that were ranked in the top 100 or five-star offensive linemen. And tell me that these guys aren't talented. They are extremely talented, which tells me it's either heart, toughness, or coaching, or a combination of all three. And, And you go back and look at those videos that we've reviewed numerous times when we were watching their recruiting videos. Guys like Donovan Jackson, they just have a mean streak in them. And you saw them play mean. Where's that anger? I don't know. It's a good question. Because that was one thing that we harped and harped and harped on when we watched his his, uh, recruitment videos was how nasty he played. You go back to the 2014 national championship team. That thing was that, you know, Zeke had that amazing run in those last four games, five games. That thing was sprung on the fact that we dominated the line of scrimmage on the offensive line. Go back to that Bama game. They were not expecting our offensive line to manhandle them the way they did. We are not attacking the defensive lines. We are just not. We're we're finessing it. And you cannot do that in, in November in the Big Ten. You cannot. All offseason, Ryan Day talked about toughness, toughness, toughness. Where was it Saturday, Ryan? You didn't show any. The offensive line didn't show any. I, I, Ryan Williams showed it. Dude had a dude oh, had yeah. an injured hand and still ran the ball, you know. And and I'll even get tell CJ even showed it a little bit. Yeah. Well, this th- okay. So Ohio State, well Ryan Day's offense is a rhythm offense, right? Mm-hmm. If they can't develop a rhythm, this is what it looks like. It's ugly. So I th- that's just that's how it is. You know, you, you develop a rhythm with your quarterback and your receivers. It opens up the run game. Um, and if you can't seem to do that, then this is what you get. Twenty one to seven against Northwestern. That's the result. On the other side of the ball, the defense, they gave up only seventy nine passing yards. But again, I mean, <laughs> we only had seventy six. So that's not a, a tremendous feat. Uh, they did give up, however, 206 rushing yards on a day when you knew they were going to literally run the football every play. They even lined up in Wildcat. How many times? That was a total of 285 yards per play, was 3.8, a little better than what we, a uh, little worse than what we did. So good job on the defense there. First downs allowed, however, was 17. Third down efficiency for Northwestern was 9 of 20, one of their better days all year long. Thankfully, we uh, Northwestern was 0 for 4 on fourth down, so we did get off the field on fourth down. However, uh, Pat Fitzgerald definitely had the better game plan. Time of possession, 36-26. He possessed the football. Play this thing in the phone booth, and they did not turn the football over other than, of course, on fourth downs. But defense, here's the thing. This is the first time I'm going to complain about Jim Knowles' defense this year. I know this is a safety-driven defense. I get it. I understand that. You can bring down those safeties and put them in the box and stop the run. 
Like you can put eight or nine guys in the box, even though they're safeties too. There's nothing, there's no rule out there that says you have to keep your safeties 10, 15 yards deep, especially on third and fourth and shorts, dude. Like, I, I love you, Jim. I love what you've done with the defense. But yesterday, this would have been the perfect day to to bring in some of those extra linebackers. And when they did on fourth down, they stopped them every time. Okay. There was one time we had four linebackers. We had like a four, four, a three, and uh, we had four linebackers on a fourth down. And guess who made the tackle? It was uh, uh, Teotioti uh, got the uh, the fourth got went in there and got a tackle as a linebacker. I'm like, dude, should have been playing much more than that on a day like this. So again, I'm gonna point this out on on the coaching staff a little bit here and kind of point my finger at you guys and say, why did it take you so long to adjust on a day like this? Come on, man. C plus is my grade for the defense. Chris, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Eric. And like I said, when I sent that message yesterday, I was going to be hard-pressed to give a grade to a veteran CD either side of the ball. But you, you know what? Like you said, I think it was a, a lot of it was bad game planning. Because if you look, our guys, you know, Eichenberg, 13 tackles, Hickman, 10 tackles, Ransom, Chambers, all had good games. But we just, you know, JT and Harrison had a good game, I thought. But just we didn't have the game plan to stop them. And when you know this team is going to run, like I mentioned in that first segment, they haven't had a passing game over 200 yards since Sullivan became the quarterback. The weather was crap. You knew what was going to happen, and you just failed to prepare to stop it. C+. Plus. Aaron? Uh, I mean, I gotta, I'm going to go with a – I'll say B minus. I'll say B minus. All right. And Eric, to address what you're saying, the reason he didn't do that, and you you could probably interpret this as somewhat of a failure, but our defense relies a lot on disguises, all right, with the secondary. So why he didn't creep him forward or, you know, at least have them on like a pulley system where one one uh, safety is coming up and the other one's going back, depending on the strong side of the field. I don't know. Uh, I don't have those answers, but I mean, you can, you can disguise things many different ways and they, they really kind of did fail to do that. You're right. Um, but I mean, they didn't, they didn't cause any turnovers. Uh, Chris, you, I, I feel like you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, you knew the weather was going to be trash you knew that they don't throw the ball well, and especially uh, in this weather, nobody was throwing the ball well, and you failed to plan for any of what seemed like it failed to plan um, that they were going to run the ball that much. You didn't line up. You didn't. It just it just felt off like the whole day. I, I hate to trash the Buckeyes like that. I don't mean to make it sound that way, but like, goodness, how do you not know? Like, it, it's <laughs> How do you not stop Northwestern? I know they're Division One. They have scholarships. I understand that, but good lord, you know I said it last week. You're Ohio State. You're expected to do things, and it's just, it's just, it didn't happen yesterday on either side of the ball. Feels like so. Um, I said B minus simply because they did hold Northwestern to seven points, um, and it's not the defense's fault that the offense couldn't execute. 
So I have to give them a little more credit than what I gave the offense. I'm going with a B minus. All right. Fair enough. There you have it. There is our report card. Not a great one there, uh, especially this late in the season, Ryan. This was this thing set up perfect for them to go out there, run the ball down their throats, come away feeling feeling really good about the running game and saying, yeah, look how much tougher we are. We went in bad conditions. Uh, Michigan, Ann Arbor-like conditions, and we just slammed them. Now, you know, I know what everybody would have said. Oh, it's Northwestern. You can't feel too good about it, but at least you would have done it. This feels terrible right now that you did that. That That's kind of embarrassing, kind of embarrassing. Uh, so let's turn the page and hope that next week against Indiana there's better weather and we, too, have a better game. All right. Let's hand out some Buckeye Leafs. I think this one should be pretty easy, I feel like, uh, today. We might have some differing opinions, but um, some of these might be hard to actually try to come up with one. But let's start with the offense, the offensive player of the game, Aaron. Yeah, I so I went with C.J. Stroud uh, simply because I was, I was kind of – I've been waiting. I talk about it quite often. Is he going to do what it takes to help this team win? And, and he did. He did. Does his stats look amazing? No, but quite frankly, nobody's did in this game, if we're being fair. Uh, six carries, 79 yards, and he set us up for a touchdown. Um, he did what he had to do, man. Um, yeah, he only had 76 yards, 10 to 26. Terrible. But I, you know what? I'm going to give him the credit that I feel like he deserves. I've been looking for this game out of him and finally got it. Chris. Yeah, you know, I'm with Aaron, and I'm going to use a word here. I think that C.J. Stroud showed leadership out there today. You know, he did what we needed him to do when we needed him to do it, like I said before. And, you know, Aaron mentioned the big 44-yard run that set up the touchdown. Let's remember the the, the drive-extending run he had earlier on when it was a crucial situation, uh, you know, and we're, we're driving downfield. Um, I can't remember, was that on the – first score the second score where he was able to get that little scamper and and extend the drive uh so yeah i'm going with cj stroud as well it would have been easy to choose my my williams because i think statistically he probably did have the best day but i'm going with stroud which is why i'm going with mayan williams <laughs> uh 26 carries 111 yards 4.3 yards per carry and two touchdowns in a situation where I don't feel he got much help up front or from the coaching staff. Uh, and he still had those type of stats in a day where we needed them. Uh, you know, we, we needed them. And this is, this is my biggest complaint about Travion Henderson guys. Uh, where is he when you need him? Uh, a little, little, little bit too ouchy. Uh, I can't, I want to, I want a running back. I can depend on who's not going to, uh, nurse injuries, but you know, it, it, it was just a week ago, guys, he went out of the game, didn't come back from an injury. And here he was with a, a soft cast carrying this team on the ground and carrying it on his back. in, in some instances, and, yeah. and whenever you can do a snow angel in the end zone, that, that, that'll, that's, that's, that's statistically act, uh, great in my opinion. Hey Eric, and does this kid not run with that chip on his shoulder, the size of a boulder? Uh, Every time, dude. He, he he runs with violence. He's angry. I love it. All right. Defensive player of the game. Uh, I went last. I'll go first. I think this is pretty easy. Tommy Eichenberg. Chris? Yeah, I'm with Eichenberg as well. Aaron? 
Yep. Uh, make it three. Tommy Eichenberg. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Led the team in tackles. I think he had 13 tackles, 10 solo, one TFL. Uh, so, and uh, I think I don't think he had any bad missed tackles like he did in the Penn State game. So pretty easy to give it Tommy Eichenberg. Your offensive play of the game. Chris, I'll let you go first this time. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Mayan Williams, 27-yard scamper. CJ's I thought was awesome, uh, you know, to, to that 44-yard run to set up that touchdown. But give, give me Mayan Williams because it was one of the few plays where I think things went right. Um, I am going to go with that C.J. Stroud 44-yard run uh, when he pulled it and uh, took off down the sideline. Um, at that moment, I, I was having flashbacks of his freshman year against Michigan State when he did that. So uh, at least it gives defensive coordinators something to think about again. Hey, he can do this. Aaron, what do you got? Yeah, I uh, honestly, either one of those plays works pretty well, in my opinion. Uh, both of them worked out fantastically but i'm going to go with cj stroud's 44 yard run he read it extremely well and uh you saw what he can do the hardest one here defensive player hit of the game uh aaron i'll let you go first yeah <laughs> all right can i can i give you one here's my uh, no i i got one all right okay. mother nature provided the best defense that any team could could provide so uh you can mark me down as, as mother nature uh not allowing any sort of passing at all <laughs> mother nature well he either gives us two or he cops out and goes with the weather what's this that's not a cop out that's legit see this you see the passing stats hey where are you gonna put that buckeye leaf on where, like where are you gonna place that um, I got a nice tree out in my front yard. <laughs> you gonna hug it first too? I uh, that's weird, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll go put a. I got some Buckeye stickers. I'll go put one out on the tree. I'm going with Teron Vincent's uh, KO of the QB. Yep. That was that was a tough. That was a man size hit. I thought for sure they were gonna call targeting on that thing, but he did lead with his shoulder, and he that dude. Looked like he just got knocked out by Mike Tyson the way he was walking off the field. Yeah, he looked rough. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the eyes afterwards? Oh, he, he was. Reminded me of remember when Troy Aikman got that concussion? That's what that kid looked like. Troy Aikman had so many concussions. I don't know how he functions as a person anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that and all the secondhand smoke from. Uh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that dude looks glazed up. Every time he's on TV, <laughs> Michael Irvin, I'm sure had a lot of uh, hey, hey, extra extra family, curricular family uh, show. <laughs> uh, Chris, what are you going with, man? Yeah, I'm going with the same one. That hit was just brutal. Uh, you know, and, and you know, you look at it, and yes, if you go by the letter of the law, it probably should have been called a targeting call by the rule. Uh, just because he did go to the head, but there there was no intent there. He just delivered a hard football hit. He led with the shoulder, but you know he knocked that poor kid for a loop. I feel sorry for the kid. He took a shot. All right. Somehow I'll try to figure out how to put Mother Nature on this, Aaron. Good. Thanks, buddy. You always make nah. that the- <laughs> Hey, look, you got to just – I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You can mark me down for the, the pass deflection. I believe it was the first quarter from JTT, okay, because he read that one pretty well. He did. He got right back up in there, 
batted the ball down. I thought he was going to get another interception the same way he did against Penn State. So we'll go just give me give give JTT the credit on that play. But I want in parentheses Mother Nature. In Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We'll take a quick commercial break. We come back. We'll jump into our Facebook poll. It's an interesting one. Aaron's going to lead the way on that one. And we've got plenty of questions we need to tackle as well. So hang tight, everybody. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast. I am going to go ahead and talk about this week's fan poll. What a good time. After the win over Northwestern, how confident are you that Ohio State will beat that team up north? Now, before I go over the results, I want to hear from you guys, Chris and Eric. Who did you vote? Which one did you vote for and why? Eric, go ahead. Somewhat not confident. Um. What? Because uh, weather in Ohio can be unpredictable in November, and uh, if we're if it's not sunny and 70 and rainbows in the sky, I don't know that this team is tough enough to beat someone who is. Can't fault you for having that viewpoint. I really can't. I that's, just, my, that's straight up my confidence level. Yeah, doesn't doesn't mean that I don't want to punk them and and dig their grave and bury them. I absolutely want to, but I don't know, man. But it's fair given the track record. You know, Chris, I think Chris brought it up earlier. You know, that team up north last year in Ann Arbor, snowing, bad weather, looked like crap. You know, that's it's just that's fair. It's valid. Chris, what what did you who did which one did you vote for and why? Well, I went up. I had the same reasoning, but I went with somewhat confident. Uh, I still believe that. We are the better team, but depending on what the weather is, we may have to be the more physical team, and I don't know we can do that. Yeah, that's and that's actually – that's the one I voted for is somewhat confident. Uh, it's, it is dependent on the weather, but it's also dependent on in the next three weeks, are they going to be able to develop that mean streak that they need to take care of business against the big boys because let's face it. We haven't really played any big boys. You know, Penn State, I would probably call them a pretender, not in a disrespectful way, but, you know, they're tough to a point. They're a pretender. Iowa, not that great. Good defense, but they're bad. Northwestern, rough. Indiana, not good. Maryland, pretender. That team up north, you know, that that's really – that's where it's at, man. We're going to have to figure this thing out, but uh, I'm somewhat confident – so the results of the fans vote, okay, leading the way. Well, actually, I'll go backwards from this. In last place, most people, most of the fans are saying somewhat not confident. After that, and this is this is a little discouraging, but nine percent say not confident at all, and then eighteen percent say somewhat confident. And this is where it's, you know, I don't know if this is 
naivety. I don't know what this is here, but they're still extremely confident. 70% of the vote went to very confident, which I like. You know what I mean? It's good to support your team. That's what we're supposed to do as fans. But realistically, I think 70% is a little bit high given what we have seen. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. You guys have any additional thoughts on that? No, not really. I I thought this was an interesting question after yesterday to find the pulse of the fan base. There are some negative Nancys. Apparently, I am one of them by saying somewhat not confident, but uh, more negative Nancys than even me and a couple other handful of people who voted for that. Um, Well, your your reasoning is valid, though. There's evidence to support it. Right, which which is the same reasoning that like you and Chris just gave for why you're somewhat confident. Yeah. Um. So I I mean, I I w- at the moment at the moment I made this I was f- probably feeling a little bit more negative than what I am today, and I probably would have been with you guys. But yeah, sixty nine percent very confident. Um. I don't know what game you guys were watching yesterday or what game you watched in Ann Arbor last year, but <laughs> that. That's a that's a football team right now that I mean, did you guys watch them come out of the locker room at halftime in Piscataway after trailing 17-14 and put an absolute yes. beat down on Rutgers? I mean, and they they scored as many points in two quarters as we have scored in the last three weeks. Just saying. I'm okay. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to the rain on everybody's Buckeye parade here. I know we're undefeated and we're ranked second in the CFP, but I'm also being very realistic with you all. If we don't get tougher <laughs> and, and and can can somehow find the magical sauce from, on the offensive line, we are going to be in trouble. Hey, Aaron. Yeah. I have one thought I want to address with you real quick. There's a comment you made about how soft our schedule was that we hadn't really played anybody. Can you do me a favor and ask Dabo if we've played anybody? Well, it has nothing to do with with Clemson. I'm not saying we have a weak schedule. I'm saying if you look at it, we haven't been tested that much. No, we really haven't. Not not like on a toughness scale is what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? We have survived. That's what counts. We've won the games. Have we played Hawaii and uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Colorado State, Colorado State, Connecticut, hey, and Hawaii. Yeah, like, yeah, UConn, totally, buddy. Those are some bad boys up there in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. It totally could have been softer. I don't mean it that way. I I mean like we haven't been physically tested until the last few weeks, and then we get one with the weather. You know what I mean? And 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 we're winning the games, man. But we just we got to get tougher. And that's but you that, know what? Like, to go uh, back to what Eric mentioned too. The fact is, yeah, we're undefeated. Yeah, we're surviving. But you look at those guys up north and, uh, you, you know, they may be playing a soft schedule, but they're doing what they're supposed to do, and they are whooping on these teams. We're surviving. They're thriving. That's yes. the difference. And that's what I'm getting at. We, you know, we've played a little bit tougher of a schedule, and for the most part, we've handled business. But that team up north is, is th- like you said, thriving. We're surviving. Yeah, big we, difference. We had to go into Happy Valley and face a, a, a hostile road environment. They haven't had to do that. That I'll, you know, that's a given. We played Notre Dame in our in our non-conference. They played Connecticut. Okay, so 
There, there are some differences here, and when you look at the head-to-heads, there are similar scores. You know, the Rutgers game is a similar score. The Iowa game, we were a little bit better. I mean, you know, you have some of that, but let's be, let's be. Uh, my eyeballs are telling me that this is not going to be. We roll our helmets out there and we beat them by 20 some points right. and we embarrass them that my eyeballs are telling me that is not the case. It's going to be a dog fight. And based off of what I'm seeing, there's more dog up in Ann Arbor than there is in Columbus, Ohio right now. Yeah. Big fact. All right. If you guys don't have anything else to add, Eric, why don't you uh, go over the listener questions for us? All right, Aaron, you're up first. This is from Nick Quint. Why does the run game keep struggling? Why did they struggle today? Was it more than just the weather? Kind of, I think I already answered that already, but go for yeah, it. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. I mean, I think the weather had a little bit to do with it, but I think it's also the fact that we are trying to do too much finessing. There's not, you know, there's not enough balance. We got balance between the pass and run game for the most part, typically, okay, but when it comes down to it and we have to be in those trenches pushing punching pinching fighting clawing all that good stuff you know we're we're just dropping the ball there you're trying to finesse in a in a in a yeah, i guess uh something just short of a hurricane winds and it's wet as well you know you don't finesse that you power it and we didn't do that really well so uh what's wrong with it probably a little bit of scheming um run a little more split zone. Let's let's throw a little power in there instead of the finesse game. You know, Barry Sanders probably wouldn't have been out there shaking and baking the way he used to. I don't know why uh, we're trying to reinvent the wheel here. Just run the ball at them, get the job done. It did help to see CJ run though. So it did. That was that, nice. That that is something that we have seen and we might see some more of as we head down the stretch here. Cat so, Hunger says, oh, "Go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. Oh, I was just. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that is the silver lining here. That's that's it." Cat Unger has a question for you, Chris. Why does Stroud not run more? The young man made some terrific plays today by running. Well, you know, I, I think it's a mindset for the most part. Um, he's come out and said he's not out there to run the ball, but you know what? I think that he showed us he will do it if we absolutely need it. Uh, if, if a game's on the line, I've got every confidence now that he will take off and do what has to be done to try to get it done. But he's out there and his mentality is to go out there and throw passes and throw touchdowns and, and win himself a Heisman and win this team a national title. And I think that's what Ryan Day offensively wants from him. I don't think Ryan Day wants him to have to run the ball, but you know what? It's good to know that he can. Yeah, Ryan Day flat out said, I don't want him running the football, and we were saving it for when we needed it. Well, apparently you needed it yesterday against Northwestern. That's depressing. All right, Brian Lee Oberst asks us, do we have a new elephant in the room, or did the weather cause a problem for throwing the football, Aaron? Is it time to panic, or should we turn on sprinklers and practice playing in wet conditions? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I don't know exactly what he means by ele- a new elephant in the room. The inability to throw the football well. We we struggled no, against no. Penn State. We struggled now. We struggled against Iowa three weeks in a row. Now it's not been it's not been as uh, clicking as well as it was the first six games. No, I don't think it's time to panic at all. Uh, this 
we're the number two team in the country until further notice, you know, um, we're going to take everybody's best shot. Like we have a bullseye on our back the same way Georgia does, the same way Alabama does, same way Clemson does. These you're talking four of the most consistently good teams in the last decade or more in college football. We are going to take everybody's best shot. I don't care if it's uh, Southern New Hampshire Coastal University. I We're going to take their best shot. So, uh, no, I'm not concerned in the least bit. Uh, we're, we're still executing at a high level. As for Northwestern, yeah, we've been struggling to run the ball. That's not a secret. But passing the ball, uh, you try to throw anything in 80-mile-an-hour wins, and we'll see if you do any – if you throw for 76 yards. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I would have been able to throw at all. So, I mean, you saw what the punters were doing. That that couldn't have been easy. Um, so to have a quarterback trying to throw the ball like that in those conditions, no, I'm not worried about anything, man. Chris, Nick quit. Will JSN play again this year? If so, when? <clears throat> man, I sure hope so. Uh, if he does, I think it would be Michigan, the Big Ten title game, and, and the championship run if it's if it's in the cards for us. Honestly, though. And I have my doubts. He's got, he's been having those nagging injuries. And at this point, you know, I'm very surprised that we haven't heard him come out and say, I'm shutting it down and focusing on the NFL draft, which does give me a little bit of hope that, yes, he may be there for that stretch run, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Aaron, this one's from Ron Moore. Can you change a team in November? Well, depends on how you want to talk about changing the team. If you want to change their entire identity, or do you are you trying to add to what they do? Well, he goes on to say, we are who we are. Yes, we can execute better, perhaps scheme better, inclement weather, scheme better for inclement weather, perhaps get the offensive line upset and pissed off before the next game. Question mark. Um, I'm just saying, I think, I think what, what he's saying, and this was more of a response to another question. He, he answered a question with a question, but I thought it was an interesting Mm. question to address is how much change can you do to a team in November? Maybe that's the question we should ask here. Yeah, you can. And I'll tell you why, because just talent wise, you can beat Indiana and Maryland. You know, at the beginning of the season, we kind of were concerned about Maryland. I'm not really concerned about them anymore. Um, that team up north is the target not to overlook Indiana or Maryland. OK, you don't ever look, you know, look past an opponent. But um, I think right now the target is that team up north. And can you change the whole identity? You can, but it'd be a terrible idea. Certainly would be a terrible idea because you're you're destined to fail, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, you can certainly add to at this point, you have three practice weeks and two games before you play that team up north, and you can certainly add more power scheme. You can certainly add more effective routes, change some things up, how you want to run it, how you want it to look in formation. You can do those things successfully for sure, Um, and I kind of hope to see that. Beautiful. All right. Um, Chris, Brian Lee Oberst, this might be the question of the week. Is our defense good enough to win a championship? You know, coming into this game after the last few, I was I would say yes. But given the fact 
And again, it may have been scheming, what have you, may have been a lack of, of foresight on the coaching staff's part to properly prepare for the weather. But given what we saw and our inability to stop the run when we knew they were going to run, you know, that may play out against a lot of teams, against Georgia, against that team up north. I don't know if that plays out. So I'm going to say, yeah, we have the talent to win a national championship with this defense. If we properly prepare them or or have the game plan in mind, that may be another story. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Aaron, you want to take a stab at that one, too, while we're at it? Do we have a championship defense? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think we do. Um, I think that. I mean, any championship team, right, the offense still has to execute, okay? They don't have to have 700 yards a game. You know, that's that's spoiled, That's and that's what we've come become accustomed to. So when there's a dogfight game like this one and it's ugly, we're like, man, is it time to panic? Like one of the questions was today. No, it's not time to panic. We just won a freaking dogfight, one we didn't see coming. We got blindsided. The weather was crap. The t- you know, Northwestern stepped up. We took their absolute best shot. Um, that's it is what it is. That's football, man. Sometimes things don't work in your favor. You're not going to get six, seven, eight hundred yards a game, seven touchdowns passing and five rushing. That That's just not realistic. It's not. Um, you got to have games like this. You have to. This is how, you know, if you it, you know, you get your metal tested. We found out what we need to improve on. That's why I said in the beginning of the show, this game was completely necessary. We looked rough against Iowa. We looked rough against Penn State blocking, for, you know, run blocking. But now we know just how truly bad it is. And it has to get addressed. And if they don't address it, this is not a national championship team. They might be able to score enough points. Um, and then you rely on your kicking game as well. Because um, Noah Ruggles is very reliable, as we know. But even he has his flaws. Everybody does. Uh, But this defense in general, I think that they can do enough um, to get the other team off the field in a championship situation and give our offense an opportunity to execute. That's that is my genuine belief. Sammy Poston has our last question, but we've done such a good job of answering this one already. Sammy, I'm going to change your question slightly. Sammy's question is what happened to our offense? Well, we we've we've beat that dead horse <laughs> already in this show. But let me kind of uh, um, take it one step further, Sammy, if I can have the freedom to do that, which I do since this is, you know, the show that I run. So um, <laughs> what happened to our offense outside of the fact that um, we we didn't make good play calls and we were struggling to throw the football because of the weather and our offensive line is a bunch of sissies right now. Outside of that, did we get Patty Fitzed a little bit? Meaning Pat Fitzgerald, which I think does probably more with less talent than just about any coach in college football. Did he just come out and just like out game plan Ryan Day, Aaron? No, no, I don't, I don't think he out schemed Ryan Day at all. I think the weather played with our toughness. Yeah, um, but did, don't you think that he he pl- like he played the weather better than Ryan did in a lot of oh, ways? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he did. But 
they're they were in Evanston. They're used to that. We're not. So, I mean, of course he's going to use that to his advantage. It's it's that it was a home game. You know what I mean? If if the weather wasn't like that, that game wouldn't have been anything close to what you saw. It would have been way different. So, I mean, I, I guess if you want to call that out scheming him, yeah, I, I call it home field advantage. That's they're used to that weather. We're not. We don't live in a windy city. Chris, you want to address that? I, I, again, I don't know that he out schemed him, as Aaron said, but I would say he out adjusted him. He made the modifications and approached it. And, and like Aaron said, he's used to this weather. He plays in Chicago all the time. It's called the Windy City for a reason. Uh, you know, he he understands how to play that weather better. So did he out prepare him or out scheme him? I don't think so. He just adjusted to it better. Hmm. There you go. That's the questions for this week. Thank you for all of you listeners who submitted those questions. We appreciate each and every single one of them as we do every single week. And hopefully we answered them to uh, the to your justification, I guess you could say. Um, all right. Chris, I guess we have to do this because it's contracted, I guess. It is that time, isn't it? It is, dude. And let me tell can, you. Can we take I'm 30 a, seconds so I can go vomit before I have to present <laughs> this? Um, how about, Just keep it short. <laughs> yeah, how about some of these results were like not expected at all, man? It was a weird yeah. day in the Big Ten. So let's go around the Big Ten, guys. As we discussed, the Buckeyes stayed undefeated by taking down Northwestern in an ugly game over in Evanston 21-7. to uh, C.J. Stroud seemed statistically inept, but really, you know, led the team with some timely running and just showed his leadership out there. Mayan Williams looked good with 111 and two touchdowns. Uh, Michigan, we talked about them a little bit. They made a strong claim to the top spot in the conference by destroying Rutgers 52-17 after trailing 17-14 at the half. Uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards both had 109 yards rushing. Corum had two touchdowns in the victory. Penn State, they're going to start climbing up the uh, rankings here a little bit again after dismantling Indiana, 45-14 in Bloomington. Uh, run game had four touchdowns for the Nittany Lions, and uh, uh, the kid Aller uh, from Medina, he looked pretty good out there. He uh, went out nine for 12, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Maryland traveled to Madison, and, well, the Badgers beat him up for their trouble. Wisconsin just pounded the ball with uh, Allen carrying 23 times for 119 yards and a touchdown. Grindo had added 12 carries for 114 as Wisconsin down Maryland 23-10. Now, in an effort to just show how bad the Big Ten West really is, one of the worst teams in the East, the Michigan State Spartans, traveled to Champaign and took down the best in the West, dropping Illinois by a score of 23-15. to 15. Illinois threw away solid performance uh, by Tommy DeVito, who went 25-37 for 288 and two touchdowns. Another great game by Chase Brown, who had 33 carries for 136. But it was an efficient Peyton Thorne who came out 19-29 for 182 and two touchdowns. And uh, Jalen Berger added 81 rushing yards in the Spartan win. Guys, Illinois has two losses on the season, both coming to Big Ten East dwellers, being Michigan State and Indiana. 7-2 and two overall, 4-2 and two in the conference. They still control their own destiny, though, as the teams, uh, as they lead the West. 
Uh, in a battle for second place out in the West, Iowa faced Purdue over in West Lafayette. Iowa continued their bounce back uh, with some solid defense and a big day from Caleb Johnson, who had 22 carries for 200 yards. The defense intercepted Aiden O'Connell twice en route to a 24-3 win. And finally, Minnesota had a huge second half to come back versus Nebraska. They won 20-13 after trailing 10-0 at the half. This was the Mo Ibrahim show as he continued his comeback season, going 128 yards, two touchdowns on 32 carries. Minnesota is now 6-3 overall, 3-3 in the conference, and still in the mix in the West. So, so guys, I just wanted to run through the standings here real quick. Of course, in the East, you got Ohio State and Michigan sitting atop 9-0, 6-0 in the conference. Penn State, very respectable, doing better than you or I thought, Eric. They're 7-2 overall, 4-2 in the conference. Maryland, 6-3, 3-3 in the conference. And, then, of course, we have the Spartans, 5th in the East, 4-5, 2-4. Rutgers is clinging to a prayer of bowl eligibility still, 4-5. One and five in the conference. They're sixth in the East. And then, of course, Ohio State's opponent next week, the Hoosiers. Well, they're just awful. They're three and six overall, one and five, and in the basement of the East. Now, you go out West, we've talked about it forever, guys. It's a dumpster fire. Illinois is still on top, seven and two, four and two in the conference. Then here's the interesting part. We have a log jam next with three and three in the conference. You got Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, and Minnesota. And while Minnesota has the best overall record at six and three, while the other teams sit at five and four, they are the worst of the three and three teams based upon the head to heads. Nebraska slides in at six. They're three and six and two and four in the conference. And then, of course, Northwestern, we've talked about them one and eight. One and five in the conference. Guys, this conference has three tiers. You got the Buckeyes and the Loserines in that top tier. I think Penn State now is alone in the second tier. And then there's just everybody else in what is the trash heap of a conference in 2022. And that is our Big Ten wrap-up for the week. How about if Wisconsin comes back and wins the West? after firing their coach. Yeah, that, and you've that got... Would, that would be incredible. And they're right there knocking on the door, man. Yeah, Iowa is in the best position of the three and three teams that are there. They are... It technically ranks, of course, Illinois at top, Iowa second, Wisconsin third, Purdue fourth, and Minnesota fifth as it goes with all those three and three teams. Can you imagine Minnesota's Iowa the team we all thought was going to be there. And even though they're right there in the in the conference record with three and three, the head to heads have just killed them. So they got a lot of work to do. Last, these last three weeks in the West are going to be incredibly interesting, man. Yeah, yeah. Is it interesting, or is it just like one of those? You know, when you're driving down the road and see a car accident, and you can't help but look, even though you don't want to. Yeah, it's a train. It's a train wreck. You're right. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 a train wreck. It's it's not it's not enjoyable, but yet you you can't keep your eyes off of it because it's just crazy. So good thing is I'm a Browns fan and I'm used to that. (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right. So real quick, guys, I got I got something new we're gonna do. I 
I I tend to go to the games more often than sit at home and and watch the games, and so I've tried to stay off of social media. But I cannot help but to to laugh at some of the overreaching, overreacting that the Ohio State fans have on Saturdays. It's oh, very no. it's very quite comical. And so this is going to be something new that we're going to start. It's our delusional Buckeye fan of the week. Okay. Now I've heard people talk about Michigan fans as being completely delusional and they are, and they're easy to make fun of, but sometimes we have our own fans that are like, what? This makes zero sense, right? Here's this week's delusional fan of the week. Todd, Todd Willis. I hope you listen, Todd, or if someone knows Todd, make sure he listens to this. This is Todd Willis's comment yesterday. Ryan Day is Trestle 2.0. Changed my mind. Trestle won a title. Uh, I don't know if that's really an insult, bud. Well, I don't know what he's getting at. There could they could be more opposite, man. As far as like play calling and their styles. That's what I mean. I don't understand what he's. Was that meant to be an insult? Unless or he's was referring he... to that championship run where we had all those close games, as you mentioned back in O2, Eric. That's, he is yeah. not. Because That's let all me, I can figure. He let me finish the, t- the comment. He said, Ryan Day is Trestle 2.0. Changed my mind. Very predictable. Who cares? Stop it. That's 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 football. That's Woody Hayes. He didn't care. You knew Archie Griffin was getting it. You couldn't do anything about it. That's an air get off. (laughs) The hell's he talking about, man? Come on. Get out of here. Where did you see this comment? Was that on our fan page? No, it's on the Scarlet and Gray Nation page. Oh, it has it has 64 comments on it. Yeah. Oh, you might like this one too, Eric, and I, I'm not going to bring up who it was because it's someone I know. Uh, but let me just tell you, somebody has Ohio State as the new number one. Huh? Even though Georgia beat Tennessee, who was number one, and Georgia was third, they've got Ohio State sitting as the number one. Did you know Ohio State received zero votes in the AP today? Right. Zero. Michigan, although... Ohio State is number two. Michigan received two first place votes in the AP. Ohio State received zero. And you know what? Based on the eye test from what we've seen so far, I don't know that I can argue with that. I can't. I can't really trip over one game. Like, we still scored over 40 points against Penn State, still scored over 40 against Iowa. You know what I mean? Like, did we like the run game? No. But the offense in general and the defense – incredibly effective so like i don't understand that like that logic we had one bad game and the weather was was really bad well like you said Aaron, i mean we had you know we've had three eric had mentioned the three bad games iowa penn state and and this one against northwestern we had iowa who was a great defense let's let's give them the credit you have penn state who has the best defensive backs in the country i think and then Northwestern's got the best Mother, weather. <laughs> Mother Nature was the player of the game in, in Evanston. So, you know, I yeah, I don't think it's time to, you know, jump off the plane just yet. It's not, but at the same time, we can be we, we can, can be, be concerned. In, 
Yes, we can be intelligent intelligent enough of uh, football viewers to see that we have some glaring weaknesses that are going to keep us from winning a Big Ten championship and achieving our college football playoff goals and aspirations. Unless we get it cleaned up. And here's the difference, I think, in my opinion, between between Ryan Day and 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 I don't even want to bring up Jim Trestle because I think he the dude's a saint. But like between Ryan Day and just your run of the mill Big Ten coach is I think Ryan Day's football IQ is incredibly high, and I and so I I have no doubts that he can draw up a scheme to fix a lot of this. Where my doubts lie, Aaron, are in the heart of our players. Some of them. I just think I I just have not seen that fight and that grit from the offensive line that is national championship level yet. I hope I hope it, that that they hear it and it pisses them off and they go out there next week and prove me wrong. I really are you do. questioning their testicular fortitude, Eric? I am. They because they, they didn't have any yesterday, dude. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> I mean, I I I can't argue it. Uh, but I wouldn't say it to their face. <laughs> well, no, I'm sure Dewan Jones would absolutely dunk me, man. Like <laughs> that's an absolute dunk choke slam like you don't want. But uh, yeah, I I can't really fault you. That's it is okay to be concerned. Absolutely, that's that's part of being a fan. You know, like they you see stuff you don't like, and you you talk to your buddies about it at the water cooler, or in our yeah, case, I, the podcast. <laughs> I love these guys, man. I'm yes. I Scarlet and Gray through and through. I'm I'm a yes. huge buck nut. I mean, I've invested so much time and money in into these guys and things. But I'm just being dead honest with you. Go look at the offensive line and how they played in the national championship run in 2014 and look at these guys and tell me you don't see the difference. No, I absolutely do. They've, they, they are soft, and I think that they have been surviving off talent. You know, uh, That's been the big thing, surviving off talent. But when you go against a team that is equal or better talent, which we will in a few weeks against that team up north – you're going to find out exactly what they're made of. They're either going to get their butt kicked again or they're going to dig deep and make this thing happen. Right. Right. And you know, I don't I don't doubt their talent. I really don't. No. Toughness. It's toughness. Yeah. Like yeah. dig I just I wish I wish we could see them kind of change up the running scheme and go hat for hat with these guys and see if they can start blowing people off the ball. I would love to see that. I don't know that well, we're going to get to, but I want to see that. I want to see, you know, what is their reaction going to be when it's 20 degrees? There's a three inches of snow and still precipitating snow. Uh, your skin's freezing. You don't feel good. Uh, you know, you're getting your butt kicked. What are you going to do? How do you react in that? That is what champions are made of. What are you going to do when the game is on the line? What are you going to do? I can't wait to find out. Three more weeks. Yeah. I mean, let's just say that my confidence level is not where it was at the beginning of the season. And and, and this is why. Like, I, I, we've got the talent. We've got the receivers. We've got the quarterback. I think we've got the running backs. I think we've got the defensive scheme. I think we've got the defensive talent. I'm just questioning, are we going to win the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball? That's my question mark, man. 
Like, and that, and Aaron, that can change an entire game. That one thing right there. How many times when you, when you turn on the television, they say the keys to the game, win the line of scrimmage. It's like number one every time, right? That's because that is football. You, I've told you guys, I've told you specifically, Eric, for years since we started this thing, games are won and lost on the offensive and defensive line, period, point blank. It doesn't matter if you throw the ball 60 times a game and run it once. If you can't, you can't keep the quarterback upright, how many of those 60 passes will be complete anyway? How many are going to be turnovers? How many are going to be sacks? It all depends on that offensive and defensive line matchup. Period. Point blank. That is football. Won and lost. Passion. <laughs> that's that's the that's Aaron's fragrance right there. Offensive line passion. Yes. What's that? Yes. What's that smell? What's that aroma smell like, Aaron? Uh, dirty feet and locker room sweat <laughs> and, and victories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You can get a secondary uh, fragrance called Jockstrap Delight. Oh, that, all right. All right. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, with that, I feel like I need to go get my Woody hat. Um, <laughs> oh, God. What? Get my Woody hat. Dude. Get my Woody hat on. Protect myself. Oh, okay. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> oh, that, that's my plan. That's my plan. Wrap it up. All right. <laughs> that's your show for this week, everybody. By the way, happy birthday, Billy Bob Lenny Zabo. It's his birthday today. He's like yeah. he's like 34 or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, happy birthday. Happy birthday. One of our big time listeners and supporters. We appreciate you, man. That's our show for this week. As always, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH in St. Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. Until next time, which will be Thursday when we preview Ohio State's hopefully big win over Indiana. We're going to preview that Thursday night, so make sure you come back. Check that out. And we appreciate Mastermind and DraftKings for being our sponsors for the remainder of this season. Until next time, OH! IO! Go Bucks. Oh, come, let's sing Ohio's praise and songs through Amamaterain. While our hearts rebounding thrill. And joy which death alone can still. Summer's heat, oh, winter's cold. The seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Oh, high